Hello, and welcome to this edition of the EV Revolution Show audio podcast. With your host, Kenneth Bocor. This is episode 36, recorded on February 25th, 2022. This episode of the EV Revolution Show is sponsored by File Sanctuary. Need a great web host for your business? Need to get email at yourdomain.com? They provide professional, feature-rich web and email hosting for any project you have in mind. Get started today at filesanctuary.net forward slash cloud and save 10% with promo code EVREVSHOW. All right, and welcome to this edition of the EV Revolution Show audio podcast. As you heard, my name is Kenneth Porcor, your host. Uh, boy, these are exciting times for the EV revolution. Thanks very much for taking the time to listen to this podcast, whether you're driving or at home or cooking dinner or whatever. Hopefully you stay awake. I <laughs> don't put you to sleep. But if you want to listen to me and fall asleep, hey, great. If I can if I can help some way, that would be awesome. But as you folks know, I always try to get really interesting people to talk to and people from around the globe. And I'm honored to have a gentleman. Um, Mr. Ryan Ferenja, he's the project manager for an organization called In Motion, based in the Netherlands. How are you, Ryan? I'm doing great. I can do. Thank you. How are you doing? Excellent, excellent. As I mentioned before, I pressed the record button. We got a good snowstorm going here, so maybe we have more snow than you today. I don't know. Oh uh, yeah, it's not snowing at all here. It's actually pretty <laughs> sunny, so we're lucky. So there you go. Canada wins out again on the snow front. But anyway, that's that's what we have here. Well, listen, I, I you know, I know you guys are busy and we were, we've been trying to hook up for quite some time. But, uh, you know, I want to I felt it important to get you guys on the podcast to tell your story. Now, for a little background for the listeners in motion really is a, is, is a student team from the Technical University of Eindhoven and Fontes University of Applied Science. And I believe, Ryan, these are both based in the Netherlands. And they have a vision of helping to uh, build a sustainable future in mobility, and that part of that sustainable future, um, helping to build that, is uh, is taking on the mission really to make charging for electric vehicles as fast and convenient, excuse me, as refueling a petrol or gas vehicle. And we know that that seems to be one of the major adopters. Uh, barrier, sorry, to EV adoption is that, you know, gee, I got to sit there and charge for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, whatever the case is. So we're going to get into that by what what these guys mean and what they're looking to do to help change that. So maybe I could start first by asking a little history, uh, Ryan, how you guys, um, you know, were formed, what was that kind of genesis of the idea? uh, And where did all that start from? Yeah, so um, it all started actually about 10 years ago, so 20, 2012, around that time, uh, when some students from, I believe they were actually in another university by then, in Utrecht, still in the Netherlands, um, they wanted to finish their uh, end project for their entire studies. And in the Netherlands, you have this option to create your own subject, let's say, uh, for, for the end uh, project. So like and they wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. sort of, yeah, indeed. Yeah. So um, in the end, they decided to do a formula student type of car. Uh, but funny enough, actually, you know, Dutch people are pretty dull. So uh, a funny story is that I wouldn't say they that, didn't fit. Anyway. <laughs> well, they they yeah. didn't fit in the car in the standard style of the formula student car. So then they decided to do their own um, formula three 
style vehicle because it was bigger. Yes. Uh, but by then they uh, thought that okay, let's also then tackle some aspects of sustainability, and then they did um, essentially a Formula Three style that was a car that was run in uh, with a biofuel. Mm-hmm. And at the time, this is what they did. Uh, they finished their assignment. It was great. Everyone was happy. Uh, but it was also the moment in time where they saw, okay, electric vehicles are starting to become more and more popular. And they also saw that, indeed, we have a lot of engineering students and bright students, uh, bright people around who want to contribute to uh, uh, you know, the evolution of, of electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then they were like, well, since everyone kind of liked the concept of racing, uh, let's switch the idea of the, of the team and, and just create an actual student team out of the electric racing. So then they, they had a second iteration of the car, which was then a Formula 3 style uh, electric, like fully electric car, uh, which was great. They were very happy about it. They uh, Currently, we still hold two uh, electric lab records in the Netherlands, uh, Zonvoort and uh, Tete Asa. Nice. So it's, it's, it's like we're really proud of this. Uh, but the issue is when, when they were at the track, uh, they pushed for about three laps, maybe. So out lap, the push lap, and the in lap. Uh, and then the batteries were getting extremely hot. And mm-hmm. then they had to charge the batteries again, uh, which actually this entire process took more than an hour. And uh, the issue also is, of course, we are a student team, so we, we didn't have the track for ourselves uh, all the time. And they really saw a, an issue there that, okay, well, uh, we do have a, a car that can drive quickly that can actually push some limits, but uh, we do have to wait in the pits for a long time uh, to be able to drive it. So then still in this mindset of, okay, we are a student team and we have bright people around us and some people want to contribute to a, to a better future, let's try to tackle this problem mm-hmm. based on the issue that they, they found, which was then charging or fast charging is too slow at the moment. Uh, so from that point, they, they decided to switch the vision of the team and uh, they were like, okay, let's still think about the racing aspect because we see that people are, are being attracted by, by the fact that there's something is moving quickly. Uh, but let's tackle the charging time, which is then why they decided to uh, look more into the endurance racing. Because for endurance races, you the time you spend in the pits is essentially time lost because yeah. if you have to make a race of 24 hours, uh, cars have to go multiple times in the pits uh, and being there for a, a, an hour is not realistic, of course. So then the vision quickly switched to uh, uh, let's try to achieve a goal, which is the 24 hours of Le Mans, mm-hmm. which is then one of the uh, toughest endurance races in the world, mm-hmm. uh, but with a fully electric vehicle, uh, which is then a, a Le Mans prototype three car, which is the, the one we currently have. Um, and still, uh, by doing this, they wanted to also tackle the, the heating issue that they found in the previous iteration. Uh, so they implemented some, uh, some cooling systems on the module level uh, in the battery pack that we currently have. Um, and with the entire cooling system, we actually dropped down the, the charging time to 12 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great achievement because it's, it's actually contributing to uh, the end goal that we want to achieve as a team, which is essentially uh, then charging quicker in a, in a quicker sure. way. Um, and now the next step is actually, okay, well, 12 minutes is, is good, but it's still too slow uh, in our opinion, because also uh, if you tell a regular person, okay, our electric car charges in 12 minutes, they're still like, well, 12 minutes is a lot of time. 
uh, even though for us, we think it's a great achievement. Um, so now we're trying to find even better ways of cooling it. But so we are trying cell level cooling um, also to achieve continuous performance. Because mm -hmm. then this is the second issue that w was from the previous iteration was that indeed we could only push for, for some laps and then the batteries would get too hot. Uh, so continuous performance was never there. So this entire charging, discharging, then charging again, discharging continuously without having any uh, heating issue is, is sort of the technology that we are working on right now, uh, which we call electric refueling. Um, sort of our way of saying, okay, uh, this is how we want to tackle the issue. But of course, we know that we're not battery cell manufacturers, so we don't have uh, the full power of uh, doing everything we can to drop the charging time, because of course it's very uh, cell dependent, it's a lot of chemicals. Mm -hmm. um, and also with solid state batteries coming up in the future, we, we don't really know what's going to happen. But at least on the continuous performance side, we know that by really controlling the temperature of the cells, we do have a bit of control over the, the charging time, but also the continuous performance. So you're bringing so actually, some... this is the road. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to say, so you bring up a lot of great points, which just want to pause on and kind of reflect on for a sec for the listeners. So, I mean, uh, absolutely. Um, you mentioned about the racing and that, you know, uh, it, it does get a lot of interest and a lot of technology advances happen you know, typically on the automotive sector from that racing marketplace first, because there's a lot of innovation going on there that that does filter back to the consumer marketplace at some point in time. And uh, oh, and by the way, I thought you said um, people from the Netherlands are dull. And that's why I said, no, they're not. But you said tall, I believe. And yeah. I, yes, they are. So I just wanted to get that out there before I get <laughs> some comments coming back going, what are you talking about? Uh, anyway, um, absolutely. But you're right. So that it's there is a few ways to look at that problem of, of, of fast and continuous recharging. You're absolutely correct. And one of them is through the, the different battery chemistries. And, you know, I had another guest on a previous show that was from a company that's looking at that angle from a cell manufacturing perspective of, of developing chemistries and formulas and augmentations to those to be able to handle faster charges, extremely fast charges, and keep the performance and the, the lifetime of the battery intact. In you guys are, have taken a different approach because you're not, you know, getting into battery cell manufacturing is a lot of money and it's a big deal, but but engineering systems to help with really good thermal management of those, of those battery systems is critical. And as my listeners know that I've been, you know, on listening to me on either YouTube or or uh, the audio podcast here. Know that heat is really the main culprit for battery life and 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 negative impacts to uh, automotive EV battery packs because cold we can kind of come back from, but the heat. Uh, I kind of I kind of use that analogy of a brain cell, right? Once it's dead, it's dead. You know, a skin cell will grow back. But a brain cell, it's once it's gone, it's gone. So that's kind of what heat can do to battery packs. So optimum thermal management is critical to not only the performance, but the lifetime, the life cycle of that battery pack. So um, what what type of, um, I guess, process did you go through to kind of figure that out and, and develop to implement, at least at the state that you're in today? I think there was a lot of, of trial and error, at least in the past, mm -hmm. uh, as I mentioned before, the way we identified the issue was purely because we saw the issue happening while we were trying to achieve some lap times. Mm -hmm. uh, so in the end, we're like, okay, well, if if the issue is really about uh, the, the cooling side uh, and, as you said, the, the thermal management, uh, let's try to tackle this. Um, because then we 
we still had the same cells back then. Yep. So we were like, okay, well, uh, where is the issue? Let's first identify within the battery pack where the issue is. And of course, we have a limited amount of space in, in, in the car because currently we have we bought a chassis from a, a manufacturer in, in England mm-hmm. um, that was initially then a chassis for internal combustion engines. Okay. So we had to remove or we had to redesign the complete uh, power training, so like the, the back part of the car, uh, to fit then a battery pack. So we were really space constrained in, in that regards. So that's why we, we took the decision also to go on, on the module level cooling so we, we then have uh, our coolant loop within the battery pack and, of course, a uh, refrigerant loop outside of the battery pack to then extract the heat from the battery pack. Um, but we do see that still is maybe not the most optimal way of doing it, especially since we're targeting continuous performance. And right now in the project, we're really looking into all the different uh, cell-level cooling solutions that we can think of and in, in engineer. So we're really in the testing phase right now. So by testing um, uh, on a cell level, so we are using power cells, uh, by the way, uh, because, well, uh, I'm not, yeah, yeah, power cells indeed. Um, One of the the reasons for that is, of course, because of the surface area for cooling, uh, but there are also other reasons why uh, we we take that decision. Um, But now then we're testing, uh, okay, if one solution does work or does cool for uh, this amount of, uh, of power, then what about the other solutions that we can think of? Uh, and currently we have uh, around six or seven solutions that we're investigating. And the idea is by the end of our year, uh, we want to actually pick one of the solutions that we are uh, currently engineering uh, to then further develop our battery pack into our second iteration or our second generation. That's sort of the process we're in right now. Okay. And on that note, from a cooling, you mentioned the cooling loops and, and things that you've done. I know that there's there's a few different styles or types of methods for cooling, you know, whether it's the, the tops of the plates, if it's a cylindrical setup or potentially a pouch design, or as Tesla does, which, you know, which S's this, uh, the coolant through around each individual cell as it's through the modules. Um, uh, and there's other methods as well, maybe just top only or bottom only on that. Have you been able to determine what so far in your, um, uh, in your, in your progress has been the best method? That's exactly what the engineers are, are figuring out right now. Actually. Okay. So, so we're still working on that. <laughs> we, yeah, we're still working on that and because, uh, we are, so currently I didn't mention that, but we're a team of, uh, so in general, uh, 60 active members. Um, so we are 16 full-timers and uh, about 30 uh, people working on, on a weekly basis, let's say if you include full-timers and part-timers. But then we also have, of course, the, the help of all the engineers who work on the project in the last year. So in total, we're about 60 people, okay. um, which is big for a student team, but uh, mm. it's still pretty small, let's say, on, on working on that type of solution. So we're, we're taking small steps into uh, determining <laughs> what is the best solution. Because uh, also we don't have, let's say, uh, all the freedom in, in terms of uh, financial freedom, sure. of course. Uh, so we want to be sh- certain about the solution we're picking in the end. So are, no, it's, it's currently uh, in progress. Are you looking at on that note? Do you have, you know, corporate sponsors or any backing? I take it you're still funded by the the, the uh, educational institutions that we that I mentioned earlier on this project. Is there anything beyond that that you're looking at? 
Uh, I mean, currently we, we actually do have a lot of uh, partners. We have over mm -hmm. uh, 80 partners right now. Great. Uh, and each of them contribute in a different area of the project because, of course, it's not only the battery pack, but since we're involved in racing, there are multiple aspects of, uh, of mm -hmm. the project that have to be tackled. And that's also why we rely essentially on them. Uh, of course, we're constantly looking for new partners uh, if we're lacking of expertise, uh, which, of course, we are because we're only students at this point. Um, so, yeah, we're always in, in, in the look for a new sponsor. So if there is anyone <laughs> in the audience who is listening, it might be interested. Like, if well, that's why I put that so, out there. I thought, thought I'd give yeah. you a shout out and a plug for sure. Yeah, um, I agree. No problem. Now, do you, since you're still focusing on the racing side of things, and once you achieve those goals that, that you outlined earlier, to be able to get to that state of, of a really quick charge and a consistent and um, non-damaging, you know, life cycle of that to be able to perform consistently. Is your is that where your project will end? And then kind of, do you feel that you're going to hand this off to, to somebody, either patent it or hand it off to somebody to keep going from a consumer? Or do you plan on kind of going down that consumer path? Oh, well, that's, 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 that's a tough question, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and if you can't answer it fully, I get it. So I, I understand. So yeah, yeah no, no worries. Yeah. No worries. So we, we are still, the base of the student team is that every year there's a new team that is coming up. So mm -hmm. I'm the project manager for this year. Next year, there will be a new project manager. There okay. will be a complete new team. Great. Um, and the idea is that then slowly every year we're taking a, a step further uh, into the process, getting closer and closer to our goals, mm -hmm. uh, acquiring uh, the, the skills that we need to get to a, a decent level of racing, but also of engineering, uh, more on the professional side. Mm -hmm. And indeed, the idea is uh, at some point to join the 24 hours of the month. This is sort of the, the goal of the team, let's say. Great. Um, for now, there's no plan of having it, uh, let's say, on a consumer-based uh, um, approach. But the idea that we also want to uh, convey is that um, what we're trying to show also to the world is that we want to make electric vehicles more attractive in some way. And actually having an electric vehicle competing in, let's say, races where a petrol fuel car or just lapping around and around and around uh, for 24 hours, mm -hmm. um, I think it's a great image for electric vehicles. Sure. And uh, I think it's also why everyone is really excited about this project, because if we can bring the image of, let's say, a, a very nice electric vehicle to the public, uh, then it it is contributing in some way to the, the consumer-level market. It's also like uh, uh, if you have conversations with, uh, uh, let's say, die-hard uh, internal combustion engine fans at mm -hmm. events, uh, at first they're like, oh, I, I hate electric vehicles when you're talking about uh, EVs, and then they see the car, uh, or our car, the revolution, uh, and they look at it and they're like, well, actually, it looks actually very nice. Uh, and, and then they're very happy about it. And in the end, they, they might change their, their opinion about electric vehicles just because they see that uh, it's not boring in the end. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Absolutely correct. Yeah, one of the things I do as part of my public outreach, um, as I were talking to you off, uh, quote unquote, off camera before I push the record button, is I do a lot of public outreach here locally, doing talks and uh, meeting, doing going to events and talking to a lot of people about how EVs could benefit their life if it makes sense. And yeah, I talked to a lot of these gearheads. I, I used, I am one, I used to be one. So I've had a lot of different cars in my life so far um, up until my EVs. And um, 
yeah, you know, you talk torque, you talk horsepower, you talk performance and it gets their attention, but it's got to look decent too. So you're absolutely right uh, to do that. Um, so obviously focusing and, and you, you also made a great point that if you can show the world um, that, hey, these you know, electric vehicles can compete at these levels and doing the, the things that we didn't think they could do. Um, and even beyond racing, and there's other attributes to EVs, you know, I'll, I'll bring up Rivian for a sec. If I'm sure you're familiar with Rivian, the North American pickup truck um, startup that's uh, got money by Amazon and a bunch of other people doing quite well. If you see the capabilities of their pickup truck, um, they just put out a video uh, called the drive modes of, of the Rivian R1T. It's like eight or nine different drive modes. And it shows physically what this truck is doing as you put it into each drive mode and what those settings are in a general sense. And it's amazing that you could back this, you could take this truck out of your garage or, or back this truck out of your driveway and do those eight things within the course of an hour and come back home and pick up the groceries and the kids and come back home and park in the driveway. So the ability that electric drivetrains and powertrains and, and it's a whole new way of thinking. You know, a, car, a vehicle is still a vehicle, but what you can do with it, uh, it is much different than an internal combustion engine. Um, not maybe can do, but the way you do it is much simpler, easier, and more efficient, right? So you don't have to stop and lock differentials yeah. and things like that, right? So, yeah. And it also, I think you touched a great point there that um, they're showing, and, and I think many uh, EV companies now. Are showing more aspects of the electric vehicles that is more mm -hmm. attractive yeah. also to sort of uh, balance the, the negative um, idea that everyone has about okay charging time range and so on because for some reason this really sticks in in, in people's mind mm -hmm. and they often forget then the benefits uh, of evs and i think it's great then that other companies are showing okay well Indeed, range is not the only thing that is uh, important. Charging yep. time is not the only thing that is important, but you can do plenty of other things with these electric vehicles. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, quite a point. And, you know, if we use today's, you know, the rising gas costs again, but because of what's going on in the globe at any given point in time, um, you know, just that alone. I mean, I've had people, well, you know, don't you, uh, don't you hate having to stop for like 30 minutes to charge? And I go, well, no for many reasons, but one of the main reasons economically is, you know, for me to get back, let's say 400 kilometers of range in the summertime cost me about 10 to 15 bucks, let's say 15 bucks Canadian. Whereas that same range would cost me uh, probably about $50 Canadian on gas, 40 to $50 based on fuel costs today. So I'm sitting here for half an hour and I, I have to go get a coffee and, and stretch my legs anyway and do that. So that whole thing takes 10, 15 minutes. So really, I'm only sitting for 15 minutes at the worst case. And I'm saving, you know, 25 to $35 by sitting there for 15 minutes. Is that worth it to you? I mean, start adding the adding that up over time. And when you start telling people, they shake their head going, yeah, I kind of see your point. Or some people say, well, no, I don't really care about $25. Then great. Don't worry about it. But that that twenty five dollars starts adding up every time you have to stop, right? And uh, it's amazing just the fuel savings, right? So, what in your case, what you guys are trying to do is move those yardsticks to to even shorten it to fifteen or ten minutes or or you know whatever, five to ten. I mean, it's a no brainer, right? Because your 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 charging costs are about the same in, in essence. You know, they'll go up a little bit because you'll pull. You'll typically we charge by the by the uh, by the amount of power. 
uh, that's starting to change. I don't know how it is in the Netherlands, but most of our charging, some of it was time-based and some of it is now starting to convert to power-based, which is what it should be. It should be charged on the amount of power you pulled, not how long it takes you to pull that power because that's not fair, right? The time element. Everybody's different. I'm not so, sure how it's done in that list, no. Yeah. So there's probably a mixed bag. And um, so obviously, if it was shortened down, you know, uh, eliminates one issue. Um, but again, that total cost is just it, just in fuel alone, never mind maintenance and, and the zero emission side of things. Um, it's just a no brainer. So um, uh, how long do you see uh, your teams? You say that you guys kind of change out some of the principles of the teams. Uh, as the students come through, they get they're part of this program. It's a great learning curve. I take it a lot of them go off to be engineers in different capacities. Is that kind of where the next steps are? Yeah, so we do, we do have a lot of people who actually, when they are stepping out of, of the team, they are either going in um, directly engineering with uh, companies related to EVs or just racing in general because yep. both are, are related to the team. Uh-huh. Uh, we have some of uh, our previous members who are part of some of the Formula One teams right now. Okay. Other are part of, of that. Yeah, great. other companies. Yeah, Formula One and um, Formula E as well. Uh, I'm not sure about Formula E. Actually, I have to. Uh, I, I didn't really talk to anyone from the the team who was part of Formula E. So maybe if someone from the team is listening right now and is part of Formula E, then I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Formula One definitely, and mm-hmm. also other companies. Great. Uh, but also other people are then following their their studies, of course, because I am taking a gap year right now. So I did mm-hmm. my bachelor's in mechanical engineering. Okay. Uh, I'm doing this full time for one year and then I'm following my master's next year. Um, so yeah, some other students are doing this, uh, but in the end, yeah, it leads to different ideas about what people want to do. It's also my, my situation right now. I uh, always thought I wanted to be a, a part of Formula One, but now I'm reconsidering. Maybe I will be uh, trying to, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe now, now that I'm part of a, uh, you know, the EV world, and I'm like, okay, is Formula E also something interesting uh, to me? So, yeah, it, I think it's great for students in general to have this uh, sort of semi-professional team uh, to guide them also in their uh, future uh, studies and careers. Absolutely. You know, getting that hands-on experience and utilizing yeah. the skill sets that young, smart people have is just, uh, it's just an incredible resource that, you know, we need to continue to, to draw upon. Um, but but it's also helping us. Yeah, it's it's also helping us a lot within the team because, of course, people who are moving on forward with their lives are still mm-hmm. part of the emotion community and emotion team. Um, so every week on Wednesdays we have team evenings where we get to ask questions on either a business basis or a technical basis, mm-hmm. um, and then we get to ask them to members who are part of the team eight years ago who now are uh, running businesses or part of uh, big companies. Mm-hmm. So then the, the knowledge that they gained throughout the years is still uh, reaching us somehow. Uh, and in the end, it's just this, this huge uh, you know, knowledge base that we have at the motion and that it's just carrying on uh, throughout the years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, staying connected, keeping fresh, you know, getting those ideas, you know, people uh, discover new things as they go on to other, other, other avenues of their life and can all be relevant coming back. And, you know, this is an exciting time to be involved in the EV market space from whatever perspective that is. Um, Any final thoughts that you want the listeners to know about you guys and uh, how they could find more information on you? Uh, Yeah, just if you want to know more about InMotion, you can uh, check 
our uh, website just by typing uh, emotion.toe.nl. Uh, so .nl because we are indeed in the Netherlands. Okay. Um, and as I mentioned before, every year the team changes. So if by any chance you are a student right now who uh, wants to take a gap year or wants to be part of Emotion for a part-time basis, then you're more than welcome to reach us, uh, reach out to some parts of the team, especially HR. Uh, and then we can see what we can do for next year. Can those students, I'll ask a question for them, can they be virtual or is it all has to be local based at this point? It, it, it all has to be local based because okay. it's just way easier that way. Yeah. And the, the, the conversations are, are and communication is happening, uh, happening way um, like in a more um, organized way, let's say. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, listen, you know, thanks for asking. Oh, no problem. And I wasn't asking for me because I'm not that smart. Get me, don't get me wrong. Just an old college <laughs> boy here. So uh, anyway, uh, you know, I wish you guys the best of success. I know you've made some great strides already and, and continue moving forward with the passion that you guys have shown um, in doing what you're doing. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's all going to help the cause to help move forward and, and promote EV adoption and to get people into EVs. As you said, a lot of people watch racing and they, they see the things, the developments and what's happening there. Formula E has changed a lot of opinions, right, about people already. So we are getting there and the movement is, is slowly moving. And uh, I, I, again, I appreciate what you guys are all doing. Great to have young minds thrown at a problem and really passionate about trying to solve that problem, whatever that is, and continue to work on it. So, again, my thanks to yourself, Ryan. Uh, Ryan uh, Ferenja, if I got that right again, the project manager for InMotion in the Netherlands. Um, again, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to chat with me, and I wish you guys uh, all the very best. Uh, thank you very much, Kenneth. It was great to uh, have this talk with you. Thank you. Thanks again for listening, folks. You can email me if you have comments. Email at evrevolutionshow at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at evrevshow. I'm also on Instagram, evrevolutionshow. And if you uh, have any suggestions for shows, please let me know. Thanks again for listening, and please, everybody stay safe. And until the next time, I'll see you when I see you. Mm-hmm.